Welcome to episode number 126 for July 3rd, 2011. This is Taken With You, the podcast that is spiritual, not religious. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. Today, uh, we are basically this weekend here in the United States of America. We celebrate the 4th of July. And, of course, Canada Day just happened up in Canada. So, happy Canada's, Canada, Canada's Day. Happy Canada Day to all you Canadian <laughs> listeners. And uh, all, for all the United States lis- listeners, happy 4th of July tomorrow. Stay safe. Don't drink too much. Don't blow yourself up with fireworks. And to everybody else... What a great weekend it is, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I had to play a little bit of Leonard Skinner because, I don't know, it's just traditionally kind of 4th July sound, don't you think? I guess it's kind of an American song, you know, Sweet Home Alabama. We're not in Alabama, but it's kind of a, a celebration. Nope, we're of... not in Alabama. We're clear up here in the Northwest. I have a cousin that lives in Alabama, though, uh, I think. Or is it Georgia? We probably have listeners in Alabama. If you're a listener from Alabama, write to us. That was for you. <laughs> yeah, write to us at uh, rick at takeinwithyou.com or amy, amy at takeinwithyou.com. That'd be cool. So uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of cool things today, especially the big main subject today is what about women? Women have had an interesting experience throughout history, and we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, what... I don't know, all about women and, and their place in society and some of the things that have happened to them over the over the years. And then, of course, we're going to get to the thing, since this is a spiritual podcast, we're talking about the role of women in church nowadays and and uh, have they been suppressed and uh, or have they been elevated to where they need to be? We'll talk all about that on this week's Taking With You. It's going to be a blast. Stick around.
pretty awesome chops on the piano there. What do you think? You know, I never really noticed before that that had a lot of piano oh, in man. it. Oh, man. Southern-style piano playing right mm -hmm. there. Mmm, you can just taste the fried chicken. A little honky-tonk almost. Yeah, I love it, yeah. man. That's really, really good stuff. So, there you go. Uh, hi, everybody. How's it going? How are, how are you doing, Aim? I'm doing good. It's a gorgeous day here in the <coughs> Northwest. When we have beautiful days, we have the most beautiful days. Yeah, and when we don't, we don't have we don't. them very often. <laughs> but when we do, they're gorgeous. They are very nice. We we have the ocean breezes. It's about seventy five degrees here. It's like perfect today. Yeah, it is. Um, so we're very thankful for our occasional perfect days. It's a lot of times in the summer we still have you know. Rain. Fifty degree days. Yeah. But um you know, fifty's not as bad as twenty. I guess I guess not. I guess we could live in the North Pole. Yeah. Or in the Antarctic. Yeah. What do you think? No, I don't want to do that. Okay. Well we'll just keep stay here in the northwest. Actually we we wouldn't mind moving. It's just a matter of finding a place and all that jazz. But uh yeah. We've got and we have friends from all over the world. I mean right now our friends Alan Joyce are melting. Yeah. 117 degrees where they're at today. Yeah, I think that was in the morning time. Like yeah, it was 8.30 this morning. Yeah. It was already in, uh, close to 100. I think one of the reasons why we've stayed here in the Northwest is that all of my family pretty much are, I have four siblings and all their spouses, my mom, about 25. Some nephews and nieces and great nephews and nieces. And you've got your family, all, most of them within like three hours drive. Yeah. So it'd be hard to leave all of our family, but it'd be nice to be someplace where it doesn't rain hmm. 300 days of the year. And maybe we could find a place where I don't hear lawnmowers every time I well, you know, that, that's one thing with it raining so much. We do have our grass grows really well. It does. Really well. <laughs> and, all, and all the weeds grow really well. So yeah. there's constant yard work. Well, if you get the right, in done. fact, we love gardening. You and I mm -hmm. really enjoy that. You like different kind of gardening than I do. I just like growing flowers. Yeah, you like kind of planting the seeds and and taking pictures of them, but I do all all the weeding and most of the pruning. You do a little pruning. I do pruning. I do watering. You don't. I do go out and look. Weeding. I talk to them. I talk to my plants. Okay. I do. It. I think it helps. Yeah. Sure. You don't, do you? I don't talk to my plants very much. Well, I don't think the plants have a soul. Yeah. But I mean, if you, but I think they like it when you talk to them. I actually read an, an article in one of my gardening magazines. Yeah. Uh, about a Vietnam veteran that um, he actually had garden therapy and it like helped him overcome. I think it's helped me a lot. Overcome a lot well, of let me problems tell you, no, okay, in let his me, life because he, he, start, he, he noticed, I think his grandfather and his father were gardeners and had talked to their plants and he he had clammed up and hadn't talked to his family about what he went through and stuff and he started gardening and started talking to his plants and he found out that he could open up and talk about things and then he started opening up and talking to his family and you could say he just blossomed he blossomed and his flowers blossomed and his family blossomed and, and then he didn't think he was a blooming idiot anymore did he no, but it can't. Gardening is very therapeutic, though. For me, I might not talk to my plants, but I talk to God while I garden. 
you know, I pray and I think and I might well, I don't make a sing. point of going out and talking to them. I just, <laughs> you think I'm crazy, don't you? Oh, just a little bit, but that's okay. okay. What I like is, okay, this is why I like, now I didn't do a lot of gardening when I worked at the church. When I worked at the mm-hmm. church, I was so busy working at the church. And by the way, if, if you're out there and, and uh, you work in a church setting, let me just just tell you right now, don't sacrifice everything just for working in a church environment. There's a lot more than just that little environment. And I think I missed out on a lot of stuff because I was so busy supposedly helping other people. And I kind of regret that now. So anyway, just throw that there out there. There are some good, good times too. Well, yeah, but there, there's, there's something about when I started working from home and being able to go out and look at the plants in the morning and look at my plant flower seeds and watch them grow. You help me water the gardens too quite a bit. Yeah. And I just, I love, I love being able to watch something just go into some dirt. And then, you know, a few days later you see this little bit of green coming out and then a few days later it starts to grow. And then boy, by the time we hit next, probably the middle of this month, we'll see so much growth. It won't even be funny. And all of a sudden they'll start blossoming and blooming. And I just, I love to see that because Mm -hmm. to me, it it reminds me of how, um, how cool God is and how he created this whole system of, you know, planting um, dead things in the dirt that grow up into live things. And then the cycle of life continues and, and then it, falls back into the earth and comes back. It's it's mm-hmm. really cool. And I love to take pictures of them. Yes, you do. Yeah. That's when you speaking of that best gardening skills is taking pictures. Speaking of, of that, I really gotta get cracking. I I've only got a couple weekends left and I need to get all my uh my picture for, pictures for ready, my macro photography for an art walk that I'm doing. I'm gonna be selling mm-hmm. my music and playing so a little bit of music live uh, on my iPad, which will be mm-hmm. cool. Uh, at the at the uh, art walk, uh, coming up on the sixteenth, I believe of July, should be a lot of fun, and I'm going to put my macro photography up for sale. And see if anybody wants some. So mm-hmm. should be fun. Yeah. My daughter in law is going to be with me, and you'll be with me, and we'll have a good time. Yeah, it should be a good day. Hopefully, it'll be a nice sunny day like this. Hey, you never know around here. Yeah, you never know. We whether one way or another. We are going to borrow a canopy from someone. Yeah, just um, in case. Just in case. If it's sunny, we'll have some shade. And if it's rainy, we'll have some protection from the rain. Yeah, that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I was busy this week um, doing a lot of different uh, voiceover work. Did a a, a children's um, song and got the neighborhood kids to come in. They were so thrilled. You, you paid them some money. And the oh, little girl was like... I get to go get Slurpees. She was pretty <laughs> she was darn excited. excited. <laughs> I got a huge kick out of them. They just really had a good time. And, you know, yeah. it was fun because we brought them in and and we I I wrote the song, so I had to teach them how to do it. Well, I'm glad mm-hmm. they knew their ABCs because it was an ABC song. Yeah. That we wrote or that I wrote and uh, and I I actually wrote it at lunchtime and I scrawled it on a napkin because I I needed to get and then I got a yellow piece of paper and wrote the Usually I do it all on the computer, but for some reason I was pressed for time and was busy with other projects and mm-hmm. had to get this song done. And all of a sudden I had this idea for the uh, the melody, and so I just kind of did it, and, and it came out. And I can't play the whole song because it, we it, I sold it to somebody. But I can I can play the beginning part, which is really quite fun. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Well, here the this was the neighborhood kids that we had them sing uh, three times. 
So it sounds like there's six kids when there was only well, it sounds like there's nine kids when there was three. And this is this is what they sound like. It's kind of A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Alright, wait, I can't play any more than that because uh I'll get in trouble with copyright stuff. Yeah, well, you wrote it, but you're selling it to someone, and, and they'll have the copyright after you sell it to them. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's I did that this week and uh, also finished up a big project for a guy in the U.K. doing some uh, instrumental songs and had a good time doing that. A little bit nerve-wracking, but uh, got it all done, and I just have a couple more changes to do for him and uh, should have everything uh, going well. So... That was a lot of fun. Lots and lots of fun. In fact, mm-hmm. the, what's the one that I did that I, uh, it was the close to the last one. I'm trying to remember which one it was that I did that came out so cool sounding. I had to do, um, as no, we did, I wonder what I played for everybody last week. I think it was the Tumbling tumbling Waterfall one that I really enjoyed. Let me play a little bit of Tumbling Waterfall. Oh, just a minute. Let me do it. There we go. Now, this is actual sounds of Waterfall. And what I did is I added, um, did this all in, I played the keyboards into GarageBand and then put a live piano on the track while I listened back to what I'd done on uh, GarageBand and gave it a, a, a waterfall feel. And uh, people will be able to buy this from the guy that I'm uh, doing the music for here. Mm-hmm. But here's here's what it sounds like.
So uh, there's a little sample of one of the songs called Tumbling Waterfall. and uh, mm-hmm. That's very pretty. I think so. It kind of turned out pretty cool. So basically what I did as a project for a guy in the UK where I did a bunch of meditation songs for him. Instrumental. Oops, sorry. <laughs> there's my email. I did a bunch of instrumental songs for him, and then he's putting them on his website and going to sell them. So it was kind of a, an interesting project, a lot of work. But, uh, eh, you know, I learned a lot while doing it and learned how to use some of my equipment. So mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with it. came out cool sound, I thought. I like the strings. They're pretty. Except for it makes me want to take a nap because it's so relaxing. Well, that's the point behind <laughs> meditation and relaxing music, you know. Yeah, the the guy that you're <coughs> working me. for, um, he had to do quite long songs. And I was thinking um, some other people that I've talked to have bought your albums, um, like your Stargazer album, and uh-huh. use them, they're instrumental, and they use them for when they're trying to go to sleep at night uh-huh. because they find them kind of calming. Chillaxing music, pe- man. Chillaxing. Peaceful, relaxing. Chillaxing, baby. So some other cool things going on around our house. Let's see. You got your cool cool new planter boxes. Yes, I'm very excited about that. <coughs> and I stopped at Wally World and got some more dirt so mm-hmm. that I can transplant your little seeds you started. Because you put too many seeds in these little tiny containers. Now I know. But so the, you know, better I'm safe trans- than sorry. That's what I'm I I'm going to transplant them into these bigger so they And they fit boxes. over the railings on our deck. And we found a good deal on the internet. Yeah, one so of my them. clients had them. And we thought, well, let's look on the internet and see we what found we them. can find. Hey, Jade. What's and up? That's, that's Jade our dog. talking. Hi, She's Jade. Barking at somebody. She's a good guard dog. Didn't mean to scare everybody with her barking like that, though. Yeah. So you we could... had some big news this week. Yeah. Exciting news. Both of our boys started new jobs this week. Yeah, it's true. Um, Nathan started a full-time job as a baker and barista mm-hmm. on top of his part-time job doing special effects for, for a movie. For a movie that he's working on, yeah. That he's, that he's doing work for. It's not called telecommuting when you're doing it over the internet. How do, what do you call it? Internet commuting? <laughs> no, you just you just say that he has special from, effects on a movie because most people work that way now. Yeah, he he's working from home in the evenings and weekends or whenever he's not working at the other job. Yeah. So Nathan got a full-time job. It's not his dream job in, in his field that he went well, to Well, you know, sometimes for. you got to do what you got to do. But it will help pay his student A loans. Jedi's got to do what a Jedi's got to do. Yes, it'll help pay his student loans and and keep gas in the gas tank and all those important things. Those are important. Andrew got a job this week, too. Yeah, he started full-time with the union, working as a apprentice carpenter Mm -hmm. on a thing called the Pontoon Project here in in Grace Harbor. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they build these huge floating pontoons that hold bridges up. They're giant cement boxes. That float. That float. Because of of really the physics of having a big air bubble inside the cement boxes. Mm-hmm. And if you have enough air trapped inside that displaces the water, even cement can float. It's really wild. It's an odd concept. But he's working with the, uh, the Carpenters Union and mm-hmm. has got a job for the next eight weeks or so. So he's yeah. pretty excited about that and makes really good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of exciting. So a lot of cool so stuff happened this we can, week. We can have prayers that he will find something else when the, this eight Well, I'm sure. You know, up. once they start working with him, they'll like him. So oh, yeah. That's usually he is a works. really great worker. Matter of fact, this weekend, 
um, during his days off, he is going to be helping us repair our fence. Well, we hope he is. I think he will. He's a good kid. It it blew over in the what hurricane. Over? Our fence oh. blew over in the hurricane a couple of years over. ago when we had our roof. A mighty strong wind to blow our our sun over. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. Okay, but oh, when we had when we had the roof blow off a few years back, and uh-huh. we had to move out and get new carpeting and new sheetrock and all that, um, we wanted to do the fence then but it was a shared fence long story it didn't get done and we've tried propping it up many times and it just keeps on falling over so we finally said enough with this we're going to at least put in some new posts and so we're going to try to recycle as much as we can of the what how do you call that the panels in between the posts yeah We're going to try to recycle as many of those old cedar boards as we can. Yes. And just put in new posts. And um, because it's so wet here in the Northwest, and we are. It is very wet. Even buying pressure treated posts. And then um, put them in cement. They still 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 rot rot. (laughs) because of all of our rain. Yeah. So. it, but they've been in, you know, I don't know how old that fence is. I'm sure it was at least 20 years old. So it's it was time. Yeah, time for a new fence. And, new, at you least know. new posts. Yeah, should be cool. Yeah. So that's our project this weekend. On top of hoping to barbecue and maybe have the kids over sometime this weekend. I, I know. They make really good barbecue when I barbecue the kids. Not the kids. We're oh, going to like barbecue hamburgers. and That would um, probably be better. We have a church potluck that um, I know Catherine and I for sure are going to go to. I don't know if you and Andrew will be able we to make it. We might be working on a fence. You guys have some work projects to do, so we'll see if you guys make it. But we we're going to get away. Mm. Away you will get. And I know yes. Nathan, um, Nathan and and Ivy are going to be at the barbecue too mm-hmm. um, at church. And then maybe we can get them over sometime this weekend too if they don't work. <coughs> I have to apologize to everybody for coughing all the time. You know, I found out that one of the reasons I have, when whenever I do any podcasting or anything like that, any recording, I have to be careful because I cough. It's from the medicine I take. Yeah. There's a, just a little tiny little dry cough that I have. And so every week you get me coughing on the podcast. So I apologize. But hey, at least I'm kicking and alive. Yeah, it keeps your, your blood pressure down. That's the other thing bit, that we so. want to share with everybody uh, before we get into our subject today. Um, we had really good news. We uh, had changed health insurances, mm-hmm. and that was a big, huge deal. I don't know about you guys that are listening, but our health insurance has just gone through the roof. I don't, you know, some of our listeners in Canada and the UK might not. They don't have the same type of health insurance have. that we do in the United States, but mm-hmm. we have to pay for our plans. And well, anyway, ours had gone up so much that, and our benefits have gone down that it was almost ridiculous to pay all the money we were paying to get really nothing. Yeah, because like we had a $5,000 deductible, deductible and, and and they kept on raising our rates and then we kept on getting less and less for where we were paying. So finally for. we heard about this plan that the Washington state has, the state that we live in, and so we applied for it and they accepted us. We started paying the premiums and I went to I ordered my insulin that I mm-hmm. take for the diabetes that I am battling. And you went to go pick it up, and instead of costing $300, it cost $10. Yeah. 
So our our uh, that and then was, that's just one of the insulins. I have another insulin that, that I take too. That was something to rejoice greatly. Oh, in. well, nine hundred dollars went to twenty dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, and and the sad thing is, you know, we we I wasn't taking all the you medicine. weren't taking all of the medicine because we couldn't we couldn't afford, afford it. To. Yeah. And so, so now we can. So, so now, now he be can alive longer. Afford to take his medicine, which is yeah. really a huge answer to prayer, and mm-hmm. and an, and a really cool thing that we found the insurance that was, really was good. So. It was actually um, our oldest son's mother-in-law that told, told you us about, about it? it because here in the Northwest, a lot of different companies had shut down, and her husband worked for Weyerhaeuser, who shut down a. A pulp mill, and if someone doesn't know what a pulp mill is, it's where they make paper. They, they the, the beginning process. Well, what, what they do is they bring trees in because we have lots of trees in our uh-huh. neck of the woods, in our neck of the woods, yeah. and they bring trees in and they debark them, grind, them and then up. they grind them up into chips, and then mm-hmm. the chips go into a silo and get treated with chemicals to soften them up, and then they get all mushed up, mm-hmm. and that comes out as a pulp, mm-hmm. and the pulp is then either pressed into paper products. Mm-hmm. Or cardboard, or different mm-hmm. things like that. Or um, they also put it in different foods, like um, yeah, soft ice cream. Um, uh-huh. You know, like the self soft serve ice cream, and uh, gum products and different things like that have pulp in them as well. That's weird. So and we and we ha- there's They're a pulp mill around trees. here. Trees. Yeah. Um, we well, had there was, and then they all went out of business because another of the... another factory that was by us when we were newlyweds was a vanillin plant. Which basically is artificial vanilla. It was artificial vanilla, but it smelled really good. <laughs> it did. Every once in a while, you get a like, whiff of vanilla. If the wind came just the right direction, it smelled like vanilla. The funny we part outside. was, right next door, they put in a fish treating plant. Oh, and that, that put out this horrible smell, smell of fish. We, that so was after we moved you away You got vanilla from that and area. fish. Mm, tasty. That stunk. And it was right by the YMCA. So you go yeah. to the YMCA and you want to throw up vomit, yeah. because it smelled so bad. Yeah, that How was How did we get on? Well, thing. I guess we were talking about plants. I guess we can talk about other kind of plants. <laughs> well, yeah, our 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 area, um, Andrew just got on the um, special project for the highway system. But we have a lot of unemployment. But there's very high, one of the highest unemployment Wasn't it? rates in, the, in our nation. Yeah, I, I think, think it was like 13% unemployment in our area well, or more. Well, and that, I think it's even a lot higher than that because there's a lot of people that are underemployed and... And have yeah. never yeah. claimed unemployment. Yeah. Like you and I never claimed no. unemployment, no. even when we were looking for work, because we didn't have neither it. of us had jobs paid into it. Yeah, so we didn't get employment. So when we, we never went and applied for that, even when we didn't have work. But yeah. um, so it, I think it was a lot higher than that. I I would guess it. Our area is over 20%. So if any jobs happen at all, we're very blessed here. We're very happy. And that's why I've been really, this last few weeks, uh, my job has picked up a lot as far as the business. But most of my clients are from out of the the country. And then both of our boys got jobs too. So we're really very thankful right at this moment and prayerful. So thank you everybody for praying for us and... You know, it's, it's, this is not, we've kind of gotten to debt because we didn't yeah. have enough money to pay the bills every month. So we're going to try to climb back out of that and mm-hmm. then just keep heading forward. So, uh, yeah. Yay. So that's good. So we have good, good report for everybody. Good report on that. So and that okay. So good. now we can get mm-hmm. on with this subject. But first, I'm going to play a really cool song I wrote a long time ago. And I think it's appropriate for now. Okay. Uh, this is one of the, the, this song I sent in to a company in Germany and they, 
liked it so much they hired me to do a couple of songs for them. Okay. But it's a song I wrote a long, uh, not a long time ago, but a couple years ago. And in particular, I was going through a really rough time, and I wrote this song. It's just an instrumental song, but it, it's called Release. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it more times than anything else on my iPod. Mm-hmm. And it was it was basically just a song that kind of celebrated God and kind of opened, you know, just kind of just let the your problems release and just kind of flow with the things. And you'll hear it's real... Real, um, like giving your cares to to God. I don't know if it would call it that. I'd be. It's just. It's a very releasing song. So I'll play this. Play this song, and then we'll be back with our subject for the day. We're talking. What about women in today's society and in history? Have they got a fair shake on things or not? Stick around.
cool song. Yeah. Very relaxing mm-hmm. and releasing. That's what it's called, release. Yeah. You can get that for free off my webpage if you want it. You go to StarTrekParodies.com and go to Rick's Electronic Music. And you can, there's a bunch of different instrumentals you can have for free. But that one isn't on the album. I gave that out for free. Mm-hmm. You can get my albums, too, if you want. But the links are there for those. That would be really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay. Let's get in to our subject for today. This is going to be an interesting subject. I think um, we, were, we are going to get a lot out of this. We're going to be talking about what about women? And we'll talk a little bit about the history of women, um, kind of where they fit into society, how they, why uh, there's some interesting um, concepts about them in church settings and in the corporate setting, and a lot of other things. Um, but first, but first, as we start this, let's just take a listen to this. <laughs> I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can say, I can say faster. I can say anything faster than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I can jump a hurdle. I can wear a girdle. I can knit a sweater. I can fill it better. I can. Anything Can you bake a pie? No Neither can I Anything you can sing I can sing sweeter I can sing anything sweeter than you No, you can't Yes, I can Was just for you, dear. Um, okay. I, you know, one thing I have a problem with that song, though, is I, I don't think we should be competitive. <laughs> I think we should just get along and wow. love and appreciate one another. I agree, not but you know what? With each we other. live in a world where I think one of the reasons that we have situations like we do is because of the competition. Well, I know there's competition, but you know me. I'm not a very competitive person. I don't really like Well, except for every once in a while with Scrabble or something. I was going to say, it depends on what you're talking about because, if you know, you might not be competing to see who can run, you know, the 100-mile, 100-mile, 100-yard dash. But, uh, yeah, get you a Scrabble game and we're in trouble or words yeah. with friends. I actually or hanging was, with friends. I was actually like the fastest in my class or tied for the fastest in my class when I was Amy Speed Demon in, Bale. Um, in like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. I was really because I was tall for my age and yeah. I ran real fast. And then in junior high I got hips. You got hips. And they slowed me down. <laughs> I couldn't run as fast. Well, I think I stopped growing too and then everybody else started growing and yeah, I wasn't as fast then. Oh man. Yeah. The fun about growing yeah. up. Well, you know, we this is an interesting subject because yeah. I don't know. It's it's it real I I think that a lot of people how you're raised really makes a difference on what you believe 
about men and women and mm-hmm. their equality. Very much so. And and whether like people in the US um and probably Canada, Great Britain, um the what would be considered probably the western world, I think. Or, yeah. Western. Um for the most part in today's civilization or or era i guess um we as women um my gender we pretty much have a lot of opportunities and a lot of equality um but that's not the case throughout the world well and it's i don't i think you might be being very generous because well in comparison to okay all right yeah you need to qualify that because Here's here's the premise that we're going on. We're going to kind of branch off from here mm-hmm. as we talk about it. There's a there's a scripture in the Bible that says that God doesn't see male or female. In other words, yeah. I mean he knows that we're girls and boys, but mm-hmm. he doesn't he treats everyone equally. There's no Jew or Greek, male or female. Bond everyone or is, a, is or yeah, everyone is the same in the eyes of the yeah. Lord. And of all the the weird ironies in life, mm-hmm. even though Scripture says that, and if you if you read the Bible, you'll find there are many places in the Bible where women do powerful and great things mm-hmm. for God. Yes, many. And on the flip side, the Bible has been used though over the years in our society mm-hmm. to to uh, limit and hurt women. Um, one particular passage that is often used to suppress women. Suppress. That's the word I was looking to for. To suppress women, particularly in Christian circles, uh-huh. um, is a scripture that's totally taken out of context. When the apostle Paul addressed a specific instance in the city of Corinth where women, um, they went to a synagogue, which was a Jewish place of worship. Right. Um, because most of the early believers or Christians, they weren't called Christians yet, but they were just a sect of Judaism. And they were basically Jews mm-hmm. that believed in, in Jesus as their, as their savior, their rabbi, teacher. And... So they were still going to synagogue to worship. Mm-hmm. And in a synagogue situation in the Jewish culture, there were these screens set up. And the women weren't allowed to be in the main courtyard or the main place of worship. They were segregated behind screens. Okay. And so... What is the, this? The... the the what, Christian women were actually encouraged to learn and encouraged to um, be part of the congregation and have an active role in in and we see that. serving all throughout. There's even some women in that I've read about that were called apostles. Some were called pastors or leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, we and, and we see that throughout the and New we Testament. See it throughout the New Testament, what ha- was happening in this particular city is when they met in these, these Jewish houses of worship, 
The women were calling into their husbands out loud questions through these screens and interrupting the services. Okay. So he said... No, who said what? Paul said... In the Bible. In, in the Bible that it was his opinion that women should be quiet... Keep and, silent in the in church. church and not to interrupt. Right. Um, and yet there are other places where this same apostle Paul or the same leader named uh-huh. Paul... Um, he talked about one lady um, named, I, I wrote down the name somewhere here. I don't care what the name well, is. He, there was one, um, Phoebe, and another lady. Um, that, there are some that were called actually called apostles. And so, he spoke highly of them. And he spoke highly of them. So there were women that were in ministry right alongside the men and doing great things for God. So, you know, they take that scripture out of context constantly about women are to be quiet. And if you want it, you know, it's like they use that some legalistic churches use that to um, suppress women from being able to use their gifts and their talents, and and not all women are going to be teachers or apostles or prophets or evangelists or preachers. Not all women are gifted that way, but not all men are either. You know, so just to say, well, okay, you know, so but, so we need to bring people up to speed though, because mm-hmm. if you if you haven't been involved in church, a vast majority of churches will have a very male dominated leadership. Mm-hmm. And even though what two thirds of people that go to church are women, yes, I mean the statistics are that two thirds of of all the people that attend church around the world mm-hmm. are women. Yeah. Yet, for some reason, um, and I think I know why, for some reason women have been oppressed and suppressed in the church to the point where two thirds of the the great that, that's a big majority. Mm-hmm. Of of ladies have been basically told you can't you can't do anything with what you know you can't talk about it you can't share about it you can't have a, a teaching role that it's been re- it's really really fascinating and there's other scriptures you know that talk about well a, a deacon is the the husband of one wife and people will say well see there you how can you be the husband of one wife if you're you know? I you know and in the past I used that same ar- argument. Um, One thing that really changed my mind, because I grew up in a conservative church where it was, I was raised that it was wrong for a woman to be a pastor. Right. Um, But one book that really has helped me have a scriptural, not an opinion, (laughs) not a cultural, not a, because. Well, and I think that's where this all comes from mm -hmm. is, is we're talking about a Middle Eastern culture. Well, that and, still exists today even, in some places. Yeah. Oh, and even even in our culture, our background of our culture is a patriarchal society, right? A male dominated society, which isn't really that's not right. I mean, it's well, not it's not it, correct to do that, but that is what society was like. And as a result of it, it over the years, we still have a lot of that type of thing mm-hmm. going on because it was so ingrained well, in, in the culture. There are two things in the Bible that come to my mind about equality 
of male and women in God's eyes besides the of scripture. What? Male women? Male and women. Or men and women. Thank you. Because I was going, like, what's a, as a male woman who well, delivers my the, mail? The reason why I thought of that is because of the scripture I was thinking of, where it, it says, and God created them, male and female, he created them. And right. it says we were created in God's image, right? male and female. Right. So God, God didn't say, I created man in my image, and then as an afterthought, I made this woman who's just a little bit above yet, the animals. Yet that's what that's what people will interpret when they see the, when they read the Bible well, because it says yeah. it wasn't good for the man to dwell alone, mm-hmm. and so he made a helpmate for him. But mm-hmm. if you really look at that, it's it's really interesting. A lot of people will debate and say that Adam, before there was Eve, was actually mm-hmm. a mix of the two genders. That's have you heard that before? I think I might have heard. So he had a lot more that. different qualities, and mm-hmm. and then, and then God separated out because because the uh, the the man was lonely and he mm-hmm. didn't have the same he companionship. He didn't feel complete. Right, and so I don't know how that all works. Yeah, I'm and we could sure get into either. that, but you but know, that we is where that there, comes. From. That's yeah. where that comes from because yeah. they say, well, see, he just made this. Well, woman this. means taken from the man. Right. So he was actually women were created out of the man. But yeah, but we were created. But that does mankind, that mean? Does that mean they have to? Humankind was made in God's image. But does that mean that they ha- that women have to be subservient to men? Well, because it does talk about the man being the ha- head of the household. But do you think that's more? Do you think that's more culturally relevant back then, or do you think that uh, since since we do see a lot of scriptures where God says that that there is no difference between men and women? Do you think perhaps maybe some of the cultural influences came through? I I know that cultural influences came through because like Aristotle, um, different different um, philosophers philosophers and um, leaders of the time had a view that women were little, just a little bit higher than animals. Really, that in the time. In the time of the Bible, and unfortunately in the time we live in today, if you happen to be born into a country with this opinion of women, which there's a lot of countries that still have this opinion of women, um, they still will not educate females. Girls, if you are, a matter of fact, I have a bunch of statistics here. If you are a girl born even to d- in today's time, if you're born in a country um, that has this view, um, that women will, are second class, yeah, citizens. you will most likely not be able to learn to read or write or do math, anything. Now you would think, okay, now we live. To go come to on, school. now we live in a in a time and age where doesn't everybody have the right to do that? Um, not in many countries. Um, there's, do you, do you have a minute to, for me to read a few statistics just to tell you about really what is going on in the world today, even in the United States? Sure. Okay. Um, some of these statistics will be hard to believe. That, that they are true, but these are statistics from very reliable sources. Um, 
In the United States today, women still only earn 74% of the salary that men do for doing exactly the same job. I know that for a fact because my mom mm-hmm. was a manager at a, depart- a popular department store uh-huh. for many, many years. She did an amazing job for them. And there were men who had the same position in other, the same to- stores in different cities that made far more than she did. Mm-hmm. And it was just because she was a woman. Well, um, So that exists today. It does happen mm-hmm. in the and, corporate structures. And then you, and you think about that. Well, that's not fair. But then add to that the fact that there are over 400,000 young girls teenage girls that will become mothers every year in the United States and will raise their babies without the help of the young young man that fathered the child. Um, And those women are still better off than the 100,000 women that are raped every year in the United States. And many are molested as little girls. Approximately one out of every three girls is sexually molested before she's 18. Wow. Um, this is the United States. Um, more than 800,000 women in the United States will be beaten every year by their husbands or boyfriends, and over a 1,000 will not survive the beatings. Wow. <clears throat> These are not happy statistics. Um, and this is... The United States, where women have a lot of rights, but uh, but hundred years ago they didn't. Not a hundred years ago, and not even really fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting when I talk to some of the older generation, the ladies in their seventies, eighties, and nineties, they still have a different view of women um, because they were raised that way. I know we had a relative that we had encouraged her to go to our doctor who's a woman and she wouldn't do it she, i think she went one time but she has this kind of god well she doesn't anymore she's, she's gone, gone now. but she had kind of this vision that men should be doctors and this idea in her head but anyway because that was what the culture said at the time mm-hmm. but okay that was the united states okay. this is some statistics by world vision all right Oh, 450 million women are physically impaired due, due to childhood maltri- malnutrition. Because they weren't taken care of it to, as, a, mm-hmm. as a child? In many society, girls and their mothers eat only after the men are fed. Interesting. I know that's true in the, in the Middle East. That happens mm-hmm. a lot. Well, in Af- There's a yeah. lot of places, Africa, Asia... Women make up half of the world's population, but own just 1% of its wealth. Interesting. 70% of the 1.3 billion living um, um, women are um, in poverty. So 70% of the 1.3 billion living in poverty are women. That's what I meant to say. Right. Um, a girl is twice li- twice as likely not to be educated as a boy. Wow. Two million girls, mostly in Africa and the Middle East, are manipulated 
through female circumcision to diminish their sexual desire. Little girls who survive this procedure grow up to have painful intercourse, possible infertility, and greater chance of dying during childbirth. Wow. And this isn't this is This is according to World Vision. Mm-hmm. Two million girls are 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 um physically maimed. Physically maimed. Wow. According to Time magazine in Brazil, it is justifiable homicide to kill an unfaithful wife. In Russia, in a woman's office job can include um, having to sleep with their boss. For real. For real. This is true. This is according to Time magazine. In India, a husband and his parents sometimes conspire to kill his young bride after they have collected her dowry, freeing the man to marry again and get another dowry. There are 6,000 cases of this a year and growing. Wow. And that isn't even my biggest gripe. Do you know what my biggest gripe is? No, tell us what your biggest gripe this is. This is my biggest gripe. Go, Amy. According to the New York Times, you would think that's a pretty reputable source. Sure. There was an article on the back page of the New York Times, and it explained how demographic scientists can predict how many males and females will be born in the world. Mm -hmm. But the recent statistics show that as many as 100 million little girls are missing from today's um, generation worldwide. So where are they? 100 million girls are missing. They are missing... Because of what we're talking about here, where they're along or among many cultures throughout the world, women have very little or zero value. Mm -hmm. There's no value upon having a daughter. And so in in some countries, like in, in China where you have population control and are only allowed to have one child, mm-hmm. if they find out through ultrasound that they're carrying a daughter, they will have a selective abortion to kill the daughter so that they can try again to have a son. Really? In other Middle Eastern co- countries, if they have a daughter, many of them are too poor to have a selective surgery and you know have a surgical abortion then they will go ahead and deliver the little girl but when find upon finding that it is a girl child instead of a male child Mm -hmm. they will just leave the child to die or throw it in the river to drown really 100 million women are not on the planet today just due to the fact that they had the gall to be not born. not be men. Right. And, you know, and, and that's one thing. As much as we complain sometimes about inequality in our nations, maybe some of the churches are different things, 
at least there is enough value of women not generally to be aborted or left to die we at least have the right to breathe in our country <laughs> and and that's what bothers me the most and and it's i knew that it was going to be hard for me to do this podcast because that statistic alone we you know as a world were horrified to know that six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. That is a horrific thing. It is a horrible thing. It should have never happened. And yet, this statistic that a hundred million women are not on the face of the earth because... Well, and we, we know people that actually risk their lives to rescue women out of these situations. Mm-hmm. We actually know people that do that. Yeah. Be- and it is uh, th- here's the deal though. We don't think about it every day because we don't. We don't mm-hmm. want to think about it, but it does exist. It does happen. But it's really interesting to see the attitude towards women in, even in our culture today. Mm-hmm. It's there's still a lot of prejudice that goes on. Yeah. And and there are like you said there are courageous people that try to rescue and um, one of my favorite stories I read to our kids when they were little was about a woman named Amy Carmichael, mm-hmm. who, when she was a little girl, she was really sad that she had brown eyes. She just thought blue eyes would be prettier. So she was sad about it. But when she got older, she became a missionary in India. And because she had brown eyes, when she wore their traditional garb and part of her face was covered and just her brown eyes were showing she could kind of blend in with the native population and she was able to go into some of the temples where they had left these baby girls to die and literally rescue them from death and take them back to an orphanage and take care of them and so there are people that are trying to make a difference um and, but I think one thing that just has to be done is there just has to become a value on on women's lives. And I don't know how to do that when different societies have ingrained, have become ingrained that women are nothing. But Why do you think that is? Why do you think that? How did that start? Well... I'm not quite sure exactly how I started, but I how it started, but I know that it's very old. Um, it didn't start that way in the Bible because God valued male and female. Mm-hmm. And but well, it, the first thing that starts off, I mean, you get people all the time that will say, "Well, Eve was the one who ate the fruit, and and uh, she's the one that got us all in trouble." So, see, women are bad. But if you really read that passage. Mm-hmm. Eve may have eaten the fruit, but Adam was right there with her and ate it too. When, and they God, ate it together. And God had charged Adam with, with keep, guarding and, and keeping keep. the the garden. So if anybody didn't do their job, it was Adam. He let the serpent in, right. <laughs> you know. And then he was standing right next to her. And so ate, she, she turned, gave, gave she turned and gave it to him. Yeah. He was standing there. Yeah. But you know, we could go back to we can play the blame game, blame I guess, game. or whatever. Yeah. But the fact is that in the New Testament, where we read. It said there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. To God, we 
you know, we were spiritual beings created in his image. So what do you, do you think that perhaps there might be a, uh, an actual literal satanic type of plot to keep women down? Because in all, in all, in of all places, the church should be a place where women should be celebrated and, and have an equal place. Yet it's not that way. Well, I, I mean, there's there's I tons actually, and tons of churches where women are not allowed to ever do. I mean, they can teach Sunday school, mm-hmm. they can bring stuff to the potluck, they can they can be the secretary, but they certainly can't be an elder, and they they will never be no never be never allowed to be a pastor, so on and so forth. They couldn't be on the board of directors, all this different stuff, mm-hmm. because they're women, which is ridiculous, but. It happens all the time, still today. Yeah. I mean, we used to be in charge of a church mm-hmm. that the history behind it was that there no women could ever serve as an elder. Yet. Mm-hmm. Or a deacon. Yet the problems that we encountered mm-hmm. at that church would have not ha- would have not happened if there would have been women on that board because they would have seen it coming. Well, there's a sensitivity, and there's a. I mean, that, that and that's the interesting generally, part. Generally, women are not as much hotheads, not that they can't be. But well, generally, there's they control their temper. Well, I mean, when you get right down and... to it, equality is equality, and mm-hmm. and there should be no difference between a man and a woman when it comes to equality. Now, we are different. Men and women are different. We have different plumbing. Yeah, and I... and we have different. There's different makeup to us, mm-hmm. and I don't mean the kind of makeup you put on. I, I, there are differences between differences between yeah, men and women. Hormonal differences. There's physical right, but that doesn't that and... has nothing to do with equality. What what I'm talking about, my my big soapbox is that women should be valued enough to to live. You know, that's my primary thing. Give give women a chance to be born and chance to grow up, first of all, and then to be educated and to have the same opportunities. Yes, we're gonna approach things differently sure. in many aspects and many different situations. But okay, to answer your question you asked long ago and then kept talking. What was that? You asked about what the Bible said. I can't uh-huh. remember exactly what you said. Okay, three different people I want to talk about really quick. Okay. One is the prophet Joel. Okay. The prophet Joel predicted that now in where, the last days no, he's from the Old Testament. Okay. He was one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. Joel. Joel. Okay. And he predicted that in the last days, he had a dream that would come true. We saw this come true in the book of Acts in the New Testament in the early church. He said that his sons and daughters would prophesy. Sons and daughters. And also King David had the same dream saying that a great host of women would proclaim the good news. Mm -hmm. So here in the Old Testament, they were saying that men and women would have the same spiritual and leadership, um, preaching ability. Um, This is from King David, very famous king in the Old Testament, the prophet Joel. Um, and Jesus himself, this is the third one I want to talk to you about, is Jesus totally came against the double standard that in many, many, many instances in the New Testament, if, if someone, please, if you have any questions, please read 
the what we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament. Um, Jesus talked many times to women, which in that culture, in that day, was not done. They were just kind of treated, pushed to the side, treated kind of as servants or slaves. Um, Jesus talked to many women. He even called women forward in like a synagogue situation, which was never done, to pray for them, to, to heal them. And put the spotlight on women. And that caused a big stir. Um, And then he called them. Called one woman a daughter of Abraham. That had never been done before. He called sons of Abraham. But never daughter of Abraham. Interesting. So he elevated women constantly. By talking to them. And even talking to prostitutes. And talking to women of bad reputation. He valued women of all stations in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and all through his life, all the major instances of his life included women. His birth, Mary and Elizabeth, um, his aunt, I believe they call that. But Mary, his mother, was so valuable to him that when he was dying on the cross... He talked to his best friend and said, please take care of my mother. Mm-hmm. He valued her. Yep. And he, when he rose from the dead and he knew that he needed to get the news out of his resurrection from the dead. Guess, who saw him first? Who saw him first? Women. Women. Yeah. And he said, go tell the first people that he ever gave what we call in Christian terms a great commission yeah. to go gave and him a, tell. A mission, yeah. He, the first people he said, go and tell we're the women. good news to were yeah. women. Yeah. And all through Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection, he valued women. Yeah. And so, and, so maybe, maybe that the, the stereotypes and the things that we have been taught may not be absolutely true. Maybe if we looked at it a little more careful, we would see that God does value women just as much as he values men. Mm-hmm. That he values everyone. Well, and I could go on and on about this, but... But you, maybe the examples we've seen don't prove that out. You asked about a satanic plot. Um, plot. One thing that's really interesting, and I've read over and over about different... In the church world, we call these revivals. And there are times where where people, a lot of people will turn their lives over to God mm-hmm. and realize they're going the wrong direction. And they'll they'll say, God, you know, I've messed up. I want to live for you now. And, you know, a lot of times there'll be hundreds or thousands of people that this will happen to. Sometimes you'll see miracles. One interesting thing is that many times a lot of these great revivals have started with women, or at least the women have played a large role in them. And um, one big revival happened in Scotland in the 1950s, and the place that had the biggest, what they would call, move of God, where things were really... you know, shaken up and lots of people were getting saved and they saw signs and wonders and miracles. Um, it happened when two women were, were preaching. <laughs> and 
And the same thing with another great move here in the United States on the West Coast um, in a little mission where they were helping the poor called Azusa Street Mission. It was started by a group of women that were serving the poor, helping their community, and they get together and pray. And the first miracles that ever happened there were um, right outside the mission. There was a big accident with some some street workers were working out there and were were injured. And the women went out and prayed for them, and, and they were healed. And one thing that's interesting about this is you have these women that often have very fervent, um, heartfelt prayer, very big hearts of compassion. They want to see the poor help. They want to see, you know, the injured help. Um, Florence Nightingale was one of them. She wanted to be a missionary, but her church, um, said no women can't be missionaries. So, she ended up becoming a nurse and helping thousands of soldiers. Um, she's the most famous nurse probably ever. But it's interesting that a lot of times different churches, even some churches that were started by women, now discourage women from becoming ordained. I We actually thought about joining um, a, a church that... And I asked the pastor's wife, because you and I had gone to the same Bible school. Mm-hmm. and You got better grades than I did. And, and I was going to say that, but I'm just, more <laughs> of a, I'm just more of a bookie person. You're a much better communicator. And I've never really desired to speak in front of so, large So groups. you asked her. But I asked her, I said, well, would... would Rick and I go up together to be both be ordained, you mm-hmm. know, since I'd gone to Bible school too. And she yeah. goes, well, why, why would you want to? Why would, you know, and this is another pastor's wife. This is, well, why? But, and the ironic part is that denomination was started by a woman. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that but, say? But, you know, and then we, we went to a class at, when we were checking out this denomination. We went to a class and, you know, and the pastors were saying, well, when we took our church over, you know, and they, they invited me to preach there. I just made it clear that they weren't to expect anything of my wife that, you know, right. Right. And it's like, you know, I can understand there are different seasons in life and you can say, you know, we have young children and our family's a priority right now. And we feel like, you know, at least one of us should be available to take our kids places. And, you know, I understand that making your family a priority and sometimes you have to, but I, I got the impression that even in that denomination that was started by a woman, I really got the impression that women were still considered second class. Second class. Well, and I, I know that because I, behind the scenes, I would go up to that church uh, mm-hmm. that was the big church, like yeah. three thousand members, and uh, the 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 man pastor was treated yeah. like a royalty. And the women ran around serving him and getting his coffee and, mm-hmm. you know, cleaning up after him and all. But, it was like, are you kidding? Yeah. Are you really kidding? And I've never been really... And you should have seen how he treated the women on oh, the staff. Yeah. Awful. I've never had the desire to become an ordained minister, because, even though I've gone to this same Bible school and all that. Um, but part of that is just because my particular feeling is that Today in our society, 
that we've made too big a deal about clergy versus laity, which I don't really see that. I mean, Jesus taught the greatest shall be the least or the least shall be the greatest. And if you want to become great, be a servant. Be a servant of all. So I've always felt that we should just serve one another and not have a big pastor or a big authority guy, and then everybody's running around serving him. That's totally opposite of what Jesus taught. You know, it's interesting, too, because when I was pastoring, um, I remember that attitude existing, and I didn't, I don't have that attitude. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I may have when we were first married, I was probably more male chauvinist than I am now. No comment. Well, I was, but that's how I, that's kind (laughs) of how I was raised. Yeah, you know, I, your, I wasn't raised in church. Your dad's come a long way. Oh, he has absolutely. Um, but from, that back then, probably okay, from when. But you nowadays, were they really didn't know what to do with me when I would, I I would be fine with women doing whatever in the church. I was fine with that. In yeah. fact, I encouraged them to, and that was uh-huh. such a different feeling well, for. In fact, it's yeah. one of the reasons I don't. I'm not there anymore because yeah. they didn't like it's that. It's actually actually quite a large reason why yeah. we are not involved in that church setting anymore because um i remember some men coming to you because we had a very gifted um sweet young woman that we had mentored in our youth ministry Mm -hmm. and she was just so much fun with the kids she poured her life into the kids she was great encouraged them in the to read the bible to worship god and And spent time with them. Well, we had been mentoring her and spending a lot of time with her because we could see the gifts and talents in her life. We wanted her to go as far as she could. We wanted her to fulfill her potential as a minister, as someone who preaches and teaches and loves on the kids and works with the kids. And and, um, we had a group of men that were livid, that we had put a... A girl, well, she was a young woman. She's in her mid twenties. Yeah, into a position of authority, teaching their sons. Yeah, and here, okay, now here's the ironic part. Some of these men were cheating on their wives, even as they were saying this. They were saying this stuff to us, mm-hmm. and they, they were basically totally hypocrites. And then they came and complained about a girl being in charge of a youth group. Well, again, that's... Uh, and this is one of the reasons we're not there anymore. Yeah. Because I don't want to be part of an organization that does that to people. Mm-hmm. That that for some reason thinks that they are first-class citizens and other people aren't. And I think that's it's not only narrow-minded, it's wrong. It's well, totally and it, wrong. It really shows, again, the same double standard because yeah. they didn't think very highly of... A woman minister, they didn't think very highly of their wives. They sure didn't. If they would cheat on them, you know. So, um, you know, another thing that I want to point out, going Mm -hmm. back to the Bible and to Jesus, there is a very famous passage, many famous passages involving women, but this one in particular, uh, in the Jewish culture of the time, I'm sure it's not that way today, so don't get me, you know. Don't be mad at me. I'm not saying that Jews are this way. I'm just saying in the Middle Eastern culture. Right. In biblical times. In biblical and sometimes Middle Eastern today. Mm -hmm. um, In the culture. That men and women had a total double standard when it came to fidelity and to morality. And in this one instance in the Bible, a woman was brought to Jesus and thrown into the dirt in front of him. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And they said this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Yeah. Well, in the Jewish tradition, just, you know, in the Middle Eastern culture, a man could divorce his wife for any reason. Uh, and a woman caught in adultery was stoned to death. The, this, the thing that was interesting was that the man wasn't brought also. According to the Bible, adultery was wrong for men and women. Right. But in this instance, only the woman was brought to be stoned. Sure. And so Jesus said, it said he knelt down and wrote something in the sand. And we don't know what he wrote, but, but then he stood up. And he said, those of you without sin, you can cast the first stone at her. Yeah. Which in itself is a very powerful statement because he basically was saying, every one of us falls short, you guys. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you would throw her in the middle of here and then cry out for her blood says a lot about you. And then the Bible says that one by one they left. Mm -hmm. They didn't accuse her. And then, and then he looked at the lady and said, woman, where are your accusers? And she looked around, they weren't there. And he said, now, go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. And he talked to that woman. Yeah. He didn't throw a stone at that woman. No. He said, go go ahead, move forward, stop making the same mistakes. Don't yeah. sleep around with this lousy guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, go forward, make better choices. Um. But he valued that woman's life. He put value on her, even though she was a sinner. Right. And even though society around her had a double standard, if if what she did was wrong, then what the man that she was with did was wrong, too. He right. should have been there, too. Right. And all throughout Scripture, there were many times where Jesus addressed the double standard. And... um. You know, it well, I, I just think it's, really I think it's it is very interesting because if you really look biblically, there is there isn't anything in the Bible, or let me put it this way: you can take things in the Bible and you can take them out of context, or you mm -hmm. can use them to hurt people with. Yeah. But if you really want to get down to what Jesus's opinion of women is, he had a very high opinion and mm -hmm. loves them just the same as men. If you look at the overall picture of God in the Bible. Uh huh. You will see that he he doesn't see a difference between men and women. Now there are different cultures, and there were different cultural significance of why you know. Obviously, when things were being written down, different cultures are going to influence what's being written down. But as you and I have said many many times, the Bible is not meant to hurt people; it's to help people. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to look at the spirit behind the words, not use the words as something to hurt people with, and mm -hmm. to prove your point. Yeah. And and you know what? Hitler used the Bible to to uh, justify his stuff. Mm -hmm. People use the Bible all the time to justify things. And even great, huge numbers they of people. people will use the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like doc There are some doctrines that are out there that are not God. Well, and, you ask and I think people need to know that. Because when me. people think of, of church or Christianity, they, all, they you know, like the wedding ceremonies and all these different things, they immediately think, well, the woman has to cow down to the man and he's mm. the head of the house and all, blah, blah, blah. But when you really get down to it and you really look at there was cultural stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. but, but when we talk about equality, yes, there are differences between men and women. But when mm -hmm. you talk about equality, God sees men and women as equal. 
Another instance, I was telling you about Jesus saying to his culture that said, a man, they had the Pharisees or the people, the leaders at the time asked Jesus, you know, how, what gives a man, what reasons can a man divorce his wife? Mm -hmm. And Jesus basically said, you know, really none. Um, the Bible says, he went clear back to the book of Genesis where I told you earlier um, that God created male and female in his image. Man and, yeah, and woman in his image. And he said that it says, And for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. Mm -hmm. Jesus was putting the importance of that relationship, that love, that the man is supposed to give up everything for his wife. He's right. supposed to lay right. down his wife, his life yeah. for his wife. Yeah. And it, it says that in the New Testament where it says, women are to respect their husbands, but men are to love their wives. And it says to submit one to another. to another and i think a lot of times people forget that mm -hmm. they they'll they'll read one part of the scripture but they won't read the other mm -hmm. especially when men read it and go oh my gosh i'm gonna have to do something here we don't have to just make the ladies do this we got to do this and i think that's a crime i think that's a shame and i think that's one of the reasons it exists nowadays we see prejudice in the church and not just the church but it's been mm -hmm. ingrained in our society so we have a long ways still to go i mean we've come a long mm -hmm. ways but um, we have a long ways to go, so mm -hmm. we're gonna we have to wrap it up for this week. But I think we should come back next week. We have so much more. We didn't even get to the comments yet. Yeah, and and I think we should. We should come back. And why don't we do next week on um, what does equality mean? Mm -hmm. I think that would be really interesting. We talk about maybe some of the history in the United States of women being able to vote, own land, all these different significant mm -hmm. things that happened throughout history so far. And maybe we can talk a little bit about where it needs to go because I think it's still there are parts there there are still great injustices going on when it comes to the difference between men and women. Uh, well, as far as how people especially are treated. in the third world countries, yeah. um, it's just extreme. I mean, Very not extreme. even the right to breathe. And, and I think we need thing, to bring that out. Another thing that we need to talk about is the what ifs. What if King David? And Joel's prophecies actually come true. And the two-thirds of the women that are in the churches today or Christians, believers in or out of churches today actually were freed up to use all of their gifts and their talents to preaching the good news and telling people. Well, we'd have a different world. And to be able to help the poor and yeah. to well, we can talk about do that. everything that, that God has given them the potential to do. That would be an amazing world I'd like to be part of someday. Yeah, I, I agree. And we just want to emphasize now, at the end of this podcast, <coughs> as I cough again, um, we want to emphasize that um, that women are very, very important. And they're, you know, if you are being oppressed or you are being abused or you're being hurt or you're being the thumb put on you because of your gender – that is incorrect. That is wrong. It's an injustice. It shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. um, and there, at least in the United States and some other countries, there are laws and there are things in place that, that you can get help with. But just for your own sake, if you're listening to this podcast and you realize you've been being treated like a second-class citizen, you need to know that that is not correct. That is not what God wants for you. 
That's not how God sees you. He either. doesn't see you that way. And that's the next thing I was going to say. Mm-hmm. That isn't how God sees you. God values you the same as a man. There is no mm-hmm. difference in his eyes on your value. And we want you to know that, that you are loved, that you're cared for. You're not a second-class citizen, regardless of what people have told you. And even what church has said to you, that isn't correct. I mean, when you really want to get down to it, God cares about you and loves you just the same. Mm-hmm. And we just want you to know that. Amen. So we don't we don't have any more time left, but uh, maybe, Amy, you could say a quick prayer for for ladies out there. And, and, and then maybe next week we can talk about the, the whole thing about equality, read the comments, and then talk about what men can do to encourage women to take their place mm-hmm. and do what they're called to do. That okay. would be an interesting thing, huh? Yeah. Because I've had to learn that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> she, goes, <laughs> she goes, yeah. And a little, you didn't see her eyes, but she raised her eyebrows like, this ought to be interesting. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Father God, I, I just pray in Jesus' name right now. And I ask God that you will just speak to the heart of men and women right now. That women should have the same basic human rights as men. That they should be allowed to breathe. They should be, be allowed to learn and to fulfill their potential as your creation. And God, I pray that a day will come when each and every young woman would be able to dream that she would be able to use all the gifts and talents that you've given to her, Lord, to share her faith, to help those in need, to do everything and anything that you would put on her heart to make this world a better place. And I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that we have had here in the United States and in some countries um, to have more freedom and more ability to learn and to be everything that we're called to be. But I specifically pray, Lord, for the nations which still do not have basic human rights for girls to even breathe. I just pray for your will to be done um, in those nations and that there can be a future and a hope for for those women, for those families, for those countries. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Good prayer. Okay. <laughs> Very uh, nice. I I know this is a this is something you're passionate about, and I I just think it's really important. Again, um, because there's so much out there on this kind of stuff, and and I think too that a lot of times people have the wrong impression because of church, mm-hmm. and the way churches the churches have treated women. It's wrong. It's what they've done, you know. And so mm-hmm. it, it it needs to be said what really is true, what the Bible really says, and. And uh, we definitely encourage questions and uh, comments. Write to us, rick at takingwithyou.com. Or amy at takingwithyou.com. You can always go to our website, takingwithyou.com. Or you can go to our Facebook pages. Yep. Mine is Facebook slash amy.moyer. No, you have to put the dot com in there. Dot com. Facebook.com. Slash. Slash. Amy.moyer. Amy. Yeah. And, and the I'm same is. Rick.moyer. Yeah. 
I don't know why we have the dots, but you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like at Moyer seven seven seven, or you'd like to join up to Instagram if you have an iPad or an iPhone. You can do that as well and see all my fun little pictures. Mm -hmm. Or if you'd like to see my video blog, which I'm always doing something zany and crazy on, you Uh, go to YouTube.com slash Rick Moyer seven seven seven. Yes, you are always doing something zany or crazy, and you never know if I'm going to film you or not. I, you know, yeah. Okay, so we better go so you can go cook dinner and clean up after me. Mm. Woman, submit. Actually, actually, I do most of the cleaning still. We still have. You should have seen the look she gave me. We still have. You um, are a jerk. We still have some some improvement to do on the cleaning part. Well, the domestic part, yeah. You do vacuum once in a while. Yeah, I like to vacuum. And you do actually probably at least half of the cooking. Yeah. I cook some, but. But you you cook most. Do you know why Rick cooks so much, everybody? Because I want to eat good food. It's because. <gasps> Did I say that? <laughs> because I no, I grew up in a in a family where my dad liked casseroles. He liked things made with hamburger and stuff, and he didn't eat chicken or fish or anything. So my mom pretty much had to cook casseroles. So mm. that's what I grew up with. And and Rick grew up eating like meat and potatoes, and I'm not very good at cooking meat. Though I have, well, you're to good at say, cooking it, all right. Well, yeah, I am good at cooking it. I'm I'm so good at cooking meat that I treated my husband like a god when we were first married, and continually offered him up burnt sacrifices. But um, bump, but um, bump. So um, if Rick doesn't want his meat dried out and burnt, then he cooks it, and then I eat it somewhat more raw than I would like to eat it, or not eat it at all. <laughs> I'm not a very I'm not very carnivorous, so yeah. And you like your carnivore stuff, so yeah, I do. But uh, anyway, oh, so, <laughs> I owe you fifty cents for this this one, by the way. Actually, you don't, because I said one, and you did. You, you didn't I didn't hear, hear it, it. Okay. so we're even. Good. We're we're both trying to improve on that. Yeah, we are. So thank you everybody for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you uh, feel it in your heart to help us out, we would appreciate any donation you can throw our way. We pay the bills with the donations, and that's always helpful. And it looks like we might have to increase our, our. Yeah, we had three hundred and ninety-seven gigs of transfer last month. Yeah, that's huge. And our friend Jen told us an interesting fact. Yeah, that forty thousand people search for "Take Him With You" every month. Yeah, that's quite a few. I didn't know that. I mean, well, we do have a lot of listeners now, though, because we we're getting downloaded like crazy. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, forgive me, everybody, if I seem a little bit um, enthusiastic or passionate about this. You know, to me, it just seems like a big deal to know that a hundred thousand. Yeah, are no, you going back to it again? We already million. are done. With I the know podcast. we're done with it. We'll be back next week with yes, another exciting episode. I've taken with with, you. with Amy, all excited about this. She's well, fired up. I'm just pretty passionate. There was a, about there's a nickname. Rights. There's a nickname that we give Amy when she gets all fired up. Yes, yes, and I have it today. I have Flamey, it. Flamey Amy. Amy. <laughs> when, when I so, get upset about something, and, and there's su- there's such a thing as righteous indignation, and I go. have it with this. That so topic. join us next week for um, Retreated Rick and the Flamey, <laughs> Flamey Amy, Amy. <laughs> for the Taking With You podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> 
and this has been a Moyer <coughs> Multimedia LLC, LLC production. production. Copyright 2011. 2011. All, All rights reserved. reserved. See ya. This is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the host of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of The Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. My co-host Jason and myself cover open-wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast, we review the races, we talk about drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast. Ah, taking with you with Rick and Amy. It's one of the best podcasts around, and we'd like to think maybe we could be a close second. We can only be a close second if you come and listen to us. Well, we talk about classic television and films from around the world. So, if you fancy listening to us waffle on, then please do join us. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com or go to our favourite place in the world for podcasts. Well, maybe not yours, it's mine because I can't quite figure out any of the others. And that's iTunes. Just type in Waffle On Podcast. We'd be honoured if you join us. I don't think he likes you at all. <laughs> no, I don't like you either. <laughs> I love that. That is so great. That's good writing. Yes, because it's not much dialogue. And because <clears throat> George Lucas didn't write all the <coughs> dialogue. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast... 
We would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Hi, my name's Al. And my wife Joyce and I are big Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the place so much we started a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth. In our show, Tales from the Mouse House, we'll discuss some news and updates on the Disneyland Resort, reveal some amazing little-known gems we call hidden treasures, and we'll also review some of the rides and attractions that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And we'll review some places to satisfy your hunger attacks as well as offer up some tips and tricks we've picked up over the years that can help you get the most out of your Disneyland Resort vacation. So, after Rick and Amy have helped you along your spiritual path, check out Tales from the Mouse House in iTunes. And remember, make it a magical day. Attention, attention, it's finally here, the first and only podcast dedicated to one of the most groundbreaking television series in history, MASH. Join the hosts of MASH 4077 Podcast, Kenny, Meds, and Al, as they discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. Find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 Podcast or online at www.mash4077.podbean.com. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, Well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House. And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast Forward. And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077 podcast. And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because, we're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts. Yep. Like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows. Like Lost? Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written. And we'll even have episodes contributed by others 
People have something to share, but just don't want to start their own podcast. You never know what you'll find on this show. Why? Just because. Visit us at because.podbean.com and in iTunes.